All right, welcome back to Idiot's Alphabet Soup. Hey! This is a special episode for you all because we are recording this together, like at, in the same place, which doesn't normally happen. Yes, for those of you who don't know, we do this like, remotely. Yeah, like we live in different parts of, well, like roughly the same area of the country, but, you know, four hours away from each other. Um, but yeah, expect a lot of cutting each other off because <laughs> we can do it now. Okay, anyway, what a day, huh? What a day it has been. Yes. Um, so maybe starting out here, we should just explain, like, how the format of the podcast has been working. I don't think we ever explained well, like, what our weekly schedule is going to look like. Indeed. <laughs> so, um, every other week, we're going to be talking about a book that we've both read. Uh, and so, like, last week, we talked about Private Hail Mary. Next week, we're going to be talking about... Oh, no. <laughs> okay, we haven't decided yet. You know what we should do? What? Is an Instagram poll. An Instagram poll. Yeah, so we have an Instagram page. Um, It's called just idiots.alphabet.soup on Instagram. And so that's where we, like, talk about it. We post little, like, animations from our podcast there. Yes. And we change the logo every other week. Um, so maybe we'll do a poll on our Instagram page and you can decide which book we should next. It's between, um, Being Mortal by Akil Gwande and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Thank you. I was struggling. Um, but yeah, we'll put up a poll in like the next couple days and we'll see what happens. We'll see what the viewers want. We are a podcast of the people podcast of the people so yeah if you have one of those that you've like read and you want us to talk about or you want an excuse to read and so you want us to talk about it so you can quick read it in the next week um yeah go in and also just like follow our instagram page because it's so much fun <laughs> we're all so Catherine makes these like incredible little animations <laughs> let's um dial back okay i just want everyone to know how amazing you are well okay they're not that amazing but they're really fun to do. Um, and so she does that. And then every time we post an episode, I'm going to make like a really bad drawing about something we talked about and post that just so you know who the talent really is for this podcast. She's the face and I'm the talent. Girl, I'm not even the face. And oh, the voice. Well, since everyone says your voice is so cute. So. I don't know if that's... Well, okay. Viewers, let me know if I sound like I'm 10 years old. Because I'm trying really hard here. <laughs> okay. So anyway. Yeah. Hopefully, we want to get a book list together. And, uh, like, so you, that way you can know like, what's going to be coming up in the next months. Um, we haven't done that yet, though. But keep an eye out for it. The little uh, Idiot's Alphabet Soup reading list. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay, so should we jump into the potty? Let's jump into the potty for today. Because that's <laughs> <laughs> I don't think our listeners have heard us refer to the podcast as the potty yet. Yes, so potty is shorthand for podcast. And feel free to use that. Yeah. Personally, I love it. Yeah. Potty. Potty. The potty. Yeah. You know, so that part actually started, Catherine and I used to record, like, little five-minute podcasts for each other every day, 
Yes. And we'd be like, oh, something happened. I'll tell you about it on the potty today. <laughs> I do love that. You know what? I feel like the little mini potties that we used to send to each other every day really helped with idiot self-made suit. Because I could not string words together for five minutes without stuttering. Yeah, like, starting out, it was really hard. And then, like, after a month, yeah, I could just sit and talk for five minutes straight, or even longer, ten minutes straight, and just, like, have something to say the entire time. I know. And then we took a break from it and got back to it, and it was so hard again. It was really hard. But I feel like this podcast is really hard. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the nice thing about our little five minute podcast was that it got us used to hearing our own voice. Yes. It's like it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it used to. Yes. Because I would always listen to mine back to see if they're sufficiently funny. <laughs> they're always hilarious. So, what are, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I feel like these, the ones that are not about books that we record, a little bit chaotic. It will be chaotic. You know what? It's also extra chaotic because we're in the same room. Yes. And when we're like around each other, we did, we lose all our brain cells and we share one. We lose our only brain cells. Oh, okay. So what are we talking about today, Catherine? What are we talking about? Okay. <laughs> back to the agenda, people. Okay. So let's talk about what got us into reading. Okay. Okay. So. I'm curious, Catherine, were you the type of kid that, like, always read? Was there a time when you, like, got started reading? What was the deal for you? Okay, so, for those of you who don't know, um, I grew up in the Philippines, and so, English is not my native language, um, but my mom was very concerned about me learning English. The best way to learn English is to read about it. And sometimes you can tell <laughs> that, um, I learned English through reading because I say the craziest things sometimes. We, we, we'll get back to that. But anyway, my mom would always like hand me storybooks, like, um, like tiny little, like things that I could read even when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And she would do this really nice thing where if there was a hard word, you like write it down at the bottom of the page and like put a definition down. Um, so, uh, thank you, mom. I know you're listening. I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, I'd say I started reading pretty early. Um, I think I was reading pocket books, but it's probably like five. Um, wait, what do you mean by pocket books? Like, um, you know, like goosebumps or... When you were five? Yeah. Is that crazy? Yes! It's ridiculous. Are you sure? Yeah, wait, mom, was I five? No, because I feel like, okay, I started first grade when I was five. Okay. And I remember going to the school when I was five and, like, picking up books. Or it would be, um, Bailey School Kids or The Boxcar Children or Encyclopedia Browns, like, I those books. I was seven or eight before I started reading, like, books that had chapters. Really? Yeah. Because I remember when I was eight, that was when I first started reading Harry Potter. Okay. So those were, like, there was, those were a little bit thicker i feel the boxcar children it's pages are huge and there are illustrations yeah and, but there are like it is like a chapter book like i remember my first chapter book and i don't think i was like i think like maybe seven or eight when i 
But, oh, interesting. You know what it was? What? Sorry, mom. Um, but I would always beg my mom to read me storybooks. Mm. And after a while, she just got sick of me <laughs> and told me to read by myself. <laughs> and so I was very concerned about that. And I wanted to read as many books. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So how old were you when you learned to read? When I learned to read? Yeah. Girl, I think I learned how to read when I was maybe three or four. Who are you? Because I remember being. Were you just like the most brilliant kid in the world? Yeah, I was like, I remember reading. Like, because my mom put me in school when I was two or three. Isn't that irregular? Okay, it's. I would say irregular compared to like most people in the US. So like my oldest yeah, my oldest sister Amy started reading when she was four. And that was like remarkable. I didn't really start until I was five or six. Um and like most of my siblings my mom took through like a sort of learning to read program like this letter makes this sound, this letter makes this sound. For me though for me that she would just read to me a lot and so I started to kind of like pick up Mom, what does that say? What does that say? (laughs) Um (laughs) But yeah, I didn't like. I don't feel like I was really a comp. Like, it was probably when I was six that I started to kind of be able to read on there. I don't. I'm very bad at remembering what like age I was at different periods in my life. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like, yeah, I was learning to read maybe at five ish. Um, and yeah, probably didn't go to Catholic schools. So oh, interesting. Um. I don't yeah. know. I don't really know about like I don't know what what normal child development is. I, I feel like either. it's just And I don't know if it's like yeah. if someone out there who knows about child develop, development, like actually I would be interested to know about this. So please hit us up on the potty Instagram <laughs> let us know how it goes. Because like I'd also be curious if it's different in different cultures. So like were That's your friends true. learning to read at the same age that you were? Well no, I skipped a grade because I knew how to read and they didn't. Oh. I think. That's what my mom told me. Okay. So you were a little, little genius. I was a little know-it-all. <laughs> I don't know. So what, like, when you did start to read, like, chapter books, I guess. Okay. What were the ones you enjoyed reading? Um, I really enjoyed this book series called Bailey's School Kids. And it was this group of four children and they were in the third grade and they would always encounter these adults who seem like they could be supernatural beings like oh the janitor is santa claus like that would be the name of the book and like there would be all these like clues that kind of hint at the janitor being santa claus wait a second is this like the janitor being santa claus in actual one yeah okay and was there something about how they like found raisins or label reindeer poo and yes. his name was like Chris Kringle or something. Yes. Oh, I read that one. Okay, so I think I think this is a lot this is the same thing. I don't remember anything about that. But yeah, so there's like, like there there are different characters, like two of them are very skeptical of um uh, of like this character being Santa Claus, and then the other two would be like, I believe in everything kind of kids. And then the end is always a little ambiguous. You're not sure if He's Santa in But there's just enough proof for him. Like, it's a possibility. And so I read a bunch of those books. My mom 
I'm sure she's seen. Oh, love you, mom. <laughs> You're gonna mention this a lot. Is a shout out to our mom's podcast. <laughs> Olivia Sunyel, you know who you are. Dorcas Smucker, you're coming on the podcast before too long. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think my mom's kept all of my old books. Um, yeah, a lot of goosebumps as well. I loved horror even as a kid. Yeah. Goosebumps, pretty terrifying. Um, and then. Boxcars movie. Boxcars movie was also one of, like, some that I really liked as a kid. Like, I would borrow them really? from the library and read them. I um, love those. And, like, we had some of them. So, like, we had the first few, and then, like, here's the thing about the Boxcar children, is I'm convinced that no one owns a full set of them, because no. there's so many of those books. And, like, there's, like, random offshoot series. And here's the thing that I always found odd about it, right? The first book, really, like, a very cool premise. Like, these four kids are, like, find this boxcar and they're living in it and, like, they have to survive and they find, like, their grandfather and, like, at first, I don't remember all the plot of it, but, like, there's that whole, like, drama with that. Yes. And it's, like, this very, like, compelling moving story of these four orphan siblings who have to defend mm-hmm. themselves. And then, all the other books just solving dumb mysteries. Yes. Like, what was up with that? That is so true. Like, how is that a sudden, like, they wrote this like, was it always supposed to be a mystery solving series? Or did they write this one book and everyone was like, I love these four siblings. And, and then like, they do other stuff. Yeah. And then they were like, well, what can we do with them? They can solve mysteries. Also, it was very much a The Simpsons situation in the way that they did not age at all. Yes. Like, these kids have done a hundred different things. And, like, what's the name of the littlest Benny? one? Benny is still, like, a child. Um, like, when do these kids go to school? My oldest sister was always not my oldest sister. My sister Emily. Um, she was all before I was born. She's like, oh, our family was like the boxcar children <laughs> because they had like an oldest brother and then like two sisters. Which was like Amy. Is, I think their names Jesse and Violet or something. I mean, it's always four siblings. Like Narnia is also four siblings. You know what else is four siblings? It's what? this book I read called the Tenderets. It's about these four sisters. Oh, interesting. Um, here's here's the thing. Is no matter what happens, when you're the youngest in the family, you will always be compared to the youngest. But it's, the problem is that, like, sometimes you're a 12-year-old youngest, and the youngest written in the story is four years old. <laughs> but you can never break out of this, like, being, oh, oh, you're the, you're the Benny character, oh, you're the, whatever the youngest sister's name was in the Tenderlakes was. You're uh, Lucy. Like, I'm Narnia. See, I don't quite. Oh no, I don't relate to that at all because I am an only child. child. <laughs> all these siblings are just different. My different personalities. No, or like, or like with Pride and Prejudice, it's like, oh, which sibling are you? And the terrible thing is, I think I'm the most like Lydia. <laughs> Wait, is like Lydia the one, the one, one who gets married to? Who runs away with Wickham? Yeah, Wickham. But yeah, I also like the boxcar children. What were we even talking about? We're talking about the books that is the boxcar children. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The other books I love. Um. Well, I was into Hardy Boys for a little bit until like I think maybe it's like the thirteenth book. There's like a really scary picture on this cover, and that freaks me out. <laughs> you know what? I feel like book. Yeah. So it's like and Hardy it's like Boys Babysitters Club and Nancy Drew for girls. Oh, okay. Yeah, Nancy uh, Drew. Yeah. Oh my word, actually, if you like Babysitter's Club, there's this hilarious podcast called The Babysitter's Club Club, 
these grown men that read babysitter's club <laughs> books and like talk about it like it's high literature. Oh, that's, that's so, so funny. funny. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I also loved anything about Little Horse Girl. So any Horses. book, any book you could put into my hands about like, like there's this one series that my aunt gave me once about um this girl who like runs sort of like a rehabilitation situation thing for horses and like takes care of them like she has her horse that she rides <laughs> and whatever whatever and I'm just, oh this is the dream okay i have a question for you okay so like clearly you and i we both read like a fair amount of books when mm-hmm. we were little itty bitty kids why do you think that is and why did you not do other stuff that's a good question i think so I think part of it was that I had like limited access to entertain like electronic entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um so we had we didn't have like T V, but we did you could like watch movies, but um my mom restricted us to a half hour of electronic time per day. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like, what else do you do that last time? Well you can like go and play outside or you can read. Yes. Uh, and I think like my older siblings were all very much readers. And mm-hmm. so because of that, like, they were reading, well, I might as well read. Okay, so I feel like I have a similar story to you because I did not have internet in my house till I was in the sixth grade. Um, And we had a TV, but we had no cable. Um, And this is because there was this, I was in kindergarten, and I was getting a little bit too obsessed with Cartoon, Cartoon Network. And... One day I said, I don't want to go to school. I'm going to watch my cartoons. And then that night I turned the TV on and there were no channels. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, so it was either read a book or play outside. And I felt like I did an equal amount of both. Yeah, I did a lot of books. Were there any like specific, not so much book series, but like books that you just really loved as a kid and like, like, they just inspired you. They inspired you? Or, like, inspired... Okay, I'll tell I'll tell what mine is first so you can understand. Okay. Like, I... I read this book called, I think it was Indian Captive by Lois Linsky. Okay. I think. Um, and... <laughs> it was about this girl who, like, gets... She's, like, a white girl, and she, like, gets kidnapped by Indians. And, uh, yeah, it, like, it, at first it's, like, terrible for her, but then she, like, starts to make friends and, like, really adapts to the culture and, like, becomes one of them, basically. And I was like, oh, this is the dream. Like, can this please happen to me? I'm like, I will fully own up that that was probably, like, <laughs> cultural appropriation or something, like, in all reality, but not <laughs> appropriate for me. But, like, I was obsessed with this idea. And, like, when I would do my little, like, playing outside, I'd be like, ooh, I'm a Indian princess. They're like, oh, I've, I need to make friends with them so, like, I can be accepted in their culture. <laughs> Bit oh, of a yikes. hilarious. But I was a child and I was obsessed with this book. It's also, like, the first book that I read that was, like, a decent thickness. Like, over 200 pages. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I think I have one book that I really like. It was um, Prince and the Pauper. Who read that book? Oh, 
I can like I know the story, but right. So there's basically there's a poor kid in like the friends, blah blah blah, and he's abused and everything. Um, and they both look the same, and they switch places right, for for mm-hmm. a while. And I was obsessed. I was like, where is my doppelganger? Who is this rich kid that is living my life right now? <laughs> so like, but the reality probably was that you were the rich kid. No. So anytime it was particularly dramatic, just imagine baby Catherine's knee, <laughs> elbows on the table. Where is my, <laughs> where is my king dad? <laughs> Oh my um, god. But yeah, I was really obsessed with that. And also, um, Little House on the Prairie? Yes. I was obsessed. Um, I think I asked an adult at one point, how would I go about turning butter? Betty, <laughs> like, Indian captive book, they had some sort of like cornmeal dish where the women like crushed corn. I was obsessed with cornbread because of that. I was like, ooh, this is my corn pone. Why? Man, I kind of, I wonder sometimes, like, do, because I don't remember movies or like shows having this much of an impact on me, like the way the books Oh, for sure. Do you think there's like, there's something about books as a kid, you read it and like, it just impacts you in a different way. I think when you read a book as a kid, you have a really big imagination. And so you read something and it's more, it's your story, you know, as opposed to you consuming media and like seeing it for what it is. Because you've created it in your own head. Yeah, you create it in your own head yeah. and you have a really big imagination. That's how I think. That makes sense. Yeah. I also used to do this really well actually I still do this sometimes today but do you ever like before you go to sleep just place yourself in a book not so much in a book but I I will do this thing where like okay so there's a a saying that like if you can't fall asleep it's because you're awake in someone else's dream Mm -hmm. so like pick someone and be like okay I want to be in their dream tonight and then imagine this like whole (laughs) scenario Oh, we're like, I'm just walking down the street and oh, hi there. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I used to, um, before I would go to bed, mm-hmm. I would imagine that I was talking to one of my like book characters oh. and I would speak out loud and it used to freak my parents out. They'd be in my room and I'd be talking to myself and I would say, can you... Can you go away? I'm trying to talk to myself right now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, see, so yeah. when I was a kid, the things that I would imagine, I would like try and freak myself out. I would have trouble with this thing where, like, when I would, when I was supposed to be falling asleep, I would want to like keep squirming around and moving. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I have to hold still if I want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, how can I hold still? So what I would do is I would imagine like someone watching me, like someone creepy watching Jenny, me. No, like, I, I'm not saying it was a good idea. It messed me up. <laughs> but yeah, I would imagine someone watching me, and like if if they thought I was awake, they were gonna kill me. <laughs> so I had to be asleep. Yikers! I know. And so, but I think like I think that's part of the reason that like I'm kind of scared of the dark now, is that like yeah, this I would. 
I would imagine people like watching me through my windows or like standing at the foot of my bed watching me like fall asleep when I was a kid. And oh, now it like it messed me up. I'm better now than I used to be, but still, brain does too much sometimes. That is crazy. Okay, so we talked about the books we read as kids. Mm-hmm. What were the books like as a teenager you really liked? Or book Ooh. series? See, teenager and preteen, it's about the same level for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of series of unfortunate events. Yes, that was, that was such a good, a good series. Did you ever watch the Netflix adaptation of that? I did. It was too. It was too boring for me. Really? Well, yeah, because it was very much a lot of the same thing. That's true. I felt like it over cap- and over again. I felt like it captured the spirit of the books well, mm-hmm. um, better than like the movie did. It, yeah, yeah. But I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Um. There's that, and have you ever? No, we talk about this. I'm not going to even pretend that I don't know <laughs> the answer to this, but Mysterious Benedict Society? Yes, those were good books. I feel like very much the two of them were in the same vein. Yes. Like, if you liked one, you'd probably like the oh, other. Oh, absolutely. Um, the other... Percy Jackson. Yes, that's what I was going to mention. I love mm. the Percy Jackson books. Which also, here's my... Okay, so I was raised... Or I am Mennonite. And, like, the Harry Potter books are a big deal in the Mennonite community in that, like, you should not read them. Like, if you announce that you've read the Harry Potter books or you want to read the Harry Potter books, like, you will have people in your comments being like, um, why would you choose this? Um, is that a good idea, do you think? Like, what's up with that? But <laughs> nobody ever bats an eye about the Percy Jackson books. When I was reading through them and I was like, I, I read Harry Potter as an adult oh, yeah. for the first time. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, this isn't worse than Percy Jackson. Like Percy Jackson is more, I feel like it's, if you would have a problem with, yeah. And I Something wonder, religion-wise. It would be Percy Yeah, because there's, like, right? literal actual gods in that book. Yeah, and also, Harry Potter, I feel, just confirms the existence of witches and wizards. Like, it doesn't... Like, yeah, it, it doesn't maybe, dis, It doesn't say that God doesn't exist. Yeah. Or is it more of a witchcraft I think it's, like, a witchcraft situation. thing, and, like, a... Like, I think... It's like, can there be good witchcraft and bad witchcraft when all witchcraft is bad? You know what I mean? Oh. Um, and so I guess, like, the Percy Jackson books don't quite have that. But there is still this kind of thing of, like, good gods and bad gods are, like, good good people who are, like, not so much monsters and, like, bad monsters. Yeah, and these uh, these kids literally worship statues of gods, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if it's because these like greek gods feel like they were so long ago that it doesn't really matter you know what's sacrilegious what is saying that god is a lion <laughs> well you know some people don't like um the lion the witch in the wardrobe or the chronicles of narnia books either this was the drama maybe <laughs> i shouldn't spill the tea on the podcast but this was the drama at the church that i went to it's like we had a church library and there was one librarian that would always there were like basically basically two librarians right one of them <laughs> thought that chronicles of narnia was not christian and like should not be in the church library and the other one was very pro chronicles of narnia <laughs> so it was like for one year no chronicles of narnia next year we switch librarians suddenly the chronicles of narnia <laughs> switch librarians suddenly they're not again just we back love forth. the chronicles of narnia they're good yeah they're they're a really good series Mm-hmm. Which one's your favorite? Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Which uh, one's your that's favorite? That's a good one. 
That is a great one. It is actually. a great one. It's actually the only one that I own, and that might be why it's my favorite. Because you know, gave the... it to me as a gift. Oh, but, yeah. You know, it's the most depressing one. I hated Silver Chair, and what's the last one? Lost Battle. Yeah. Some people really like the Lost Battle. I've only actually read it once, and I didn't quite enjoy it that much because it was too depressing and like so final. Yeah, and it was very frustrating too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked the Voyage of the Dawn Treader a lot. Mm-hmm. I did also. Oh, the Silver Chair was kind of depressing, wasn't it? It was we kind had, of boring. Honestly. We had that one as like a um, not like a book on tape, but there was like a dramatized version of it. So it was mm-hmm. like sort of like narration, but then also you'd hear people like talking and stuff. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that. I'd say Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and then after that, Magician's Nephew. I'd say Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and then after that, The Horse and His Boy. You like the horse and his boy? I did like the horse and his boy. It's very Prince and the Popper. Actually, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, the books you read as teens. Yes. And I'm trying to think of this. So, okay, others. so what is the difference between the book you read as a kid versus the book you read as a teen? Because, like, we've talked about a bunch that we've read That's as a teens. good question. I feel, like, I feel like the transition from kids' books to teens' books, it's like the books I read in my teens, wasn't actually super drastic. I feel like it was just books getting longer and slightly more complicated. Yeah, I think it was length and no more pictures. No more pictures. And I never really, because I never really went for the, like, YA genre. Like, maybe a little bit. It wasn't until I was, like, on the brink of leaving my teens that I really, like, that I would do some of that more, like, like young adult fantasy, that sort of thing. Yeah, I feel like I only started reading YA when I was 16, 17, something like that. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I feel like I, I don't remember. Oh, actually, there Wait. were some books that I read in my teens that like became I had like for a while my five favorites in my teens that I would always stick with. And like some of them I still think of as like my favorite books or my comfort books, even though they feel a little juvenile now. Mm-hmm. Um, So it was The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak, which is still like really good. very high up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Mm-hmm. And then The Giver by Lois Lowry. I do love The Giver. The Giver is good. The other book, I feel like the later books in the series kind of ruined the idea of The Giver. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then the last one was Stargirl by Jerry Spinelli. It's about this, oh, there's a, oh, yeah, there's like a Disney Plus movie about it now that um, Grace Vanderwall, that girl that won American Idol that one time was in the girl who like played the ukulele was like i don't know my name <laughs> i have no clue <laughs> okay anyway oh but she yeah she was in it and so it's the story of like this girl who's very like very different showing up at the school and at first everyone loves her and then eventually everyone hates her and i remember my friend oh it's so deep so deep <laughs> oh, um, i don't like it is deep when you're 12 <laughs> That is hilarious. But yeah, those were like my five favorite books in the teens. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I have a top five off the top of my head, but I remember I really like the white. No. <laughs> oh, no. Is was uh, The Secret of Moonacre. No, I'm sorry. That was the name of the movie that was based <laughs> on it. Crap. Something with horse. Okay. Anyway, it was really good. What was the premise of it? So the premise was there was this girl who was recently orphaned and she moves in with her uncle. 
to Moonacre Farm. And she, there's these, two, um, there's these two clans that are fighting against each other. And she kind of has to like figure out how to fix her family, basically. It turns out everyone's like related to each other and families sp- uh, split in two. And she's like, what happened? And there's magic in it. And her uncle has a pet lion. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, I would also say The Giver. I would also say Life of Pi. You mm, read it? I haven't read it now. Oh, it's really good. Th- those are the three that I can think of right now. Yeah. I'm not prepared, honestly. <laughs> I remembered another book series that when I was a kid I liked. I think this was like before I was a teen. It was, uh, we, we called them the Mandy books. It was like this, these books about this girl in like the, I don't know what era, but like back in the day. <laughs> and she like her her parents died and she went to like live with her uncle who married this other lady and she was like finding out how like all these people are related and there's a random like secret passageway in her house and oh, she would like go and like wow. solve these mysteries and like all these boys were in love with her <laughs> and it was it was just great she had this little cat um and like yeah it was I really liked those until eventually I got to the like I got to one mystery that was just a little too creepy for me and then I stopped. Girl, you know what we've talked about before? What? And we really bonded over is The Dragon Rider by Cornelia Funk. Yes. Yes. That is a great That is kids a great book. kids book. You know when I read that for the first time? It was in a library and Emily wanted to keep you busy and then she gave you The Dragon Rider yes. and you loved it. Yeah, yes. I heard. Well, cuz I was visiting her community college with her. <laughs> She's like, oh, I don't even read this. But yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's a question for you. Okay. Is, were there any, like, book series that you sort of grew up with? Like, you started reading them when you were young, and then, like, as you got older, you sort of aged with the characters? Oh, 100%. Like, um, the big one that I can think of is Series of Unfortunate Events, because that was still going while we were mm-hmm. kids. Um, and also Harry Potter. Okay, so backstory. Um, I think the fourth or third Harry Potter, no, it was either the fourth or fifth Harry Potter movie. It came out, um, on, I mean, in the cinema. (laughs) And, um, I've been watching like Harry Potter movies since I was like an itty bitty kid. And I told my mom, like, mom, I really want to read the book before um the movie comes out because i want to know what happens and my mom is like no when we read book series we start at the beginning (laughs) and so i had to go through like three or four books because before i could read the one i wanted but i really appreciated that and then after that i kind of grew up with it that makes sense because like jk rowling would come out with a book every year but I was I was still like a tiny kid when the last one mm-hmm. got published. So, um, what about you? So, there's one series that was like this for me, um, and it was the like Betsy Tacy series. Okay, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of random. So basically, there's this woman. There's this woman, Maud Hart Lovelace, who grew up in Minnesota in like the I'm trying to think it was like the 1910s, 1920s, sometime in there. Um, and then at some point she wrote kind of a story that was very heavily based on her life and like people were based on certain characters, but it wasn't like, it wasn't an autobiography. Um, and 
So she started with like when she was like six years old and she meets this girl across the street. Like her, the character based on her was named Betsy and there's like other little girl named (laughs) Casey. And it starts out when they're like six and it's a book that's like written in a way that like as a six year old, you can read it. Yes. Like as a six or seven year old. And then there's like a book for every year, basically. And each year, like the kids are a year older. Oh, interesting. And so my aunt for every Christmas for a while, would give me one book every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, like, read them as I was growing up. And then by the time you get to... There's, like, maybe a one- or two-year gap somewhere in the middle. And then... So, like, I read those as I was growing up. And then the high school books, like, the books where she's in high school, so it's, like, the year for those. For those, it's, like, written to be read when you're, like, roughly high school age. Mm-hmm. And so I just, like, read them all at once. <laughs> I didn't quite grow up with those. And then there's some at the end when she's, like, getting married and stuff. You know what, though? What? I mean, like, let me, let, I'll let you finish okay. your story and then I'll go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, like, really fun because you get a, you start out with, like, these two little girls and they, like, have another friend. This is what I was telling you about the girl named Thelma, but they called her Tib. So it was, like, a trio. It was, like, oh, Betsy, yes. Tacey, and Tib. Um, and, yeah, what I loved about it, it was, I tend to like very character-based books, mm-hmm. and especially like the, the books about in high school and when she's old, like high school and older. So the ones that are written like where they're readable as adults, they're like you know actually interesting books. <laughs> um, those always like the characters felt so real because they were so based on real people, mm-hmm. and I just really love them. And they're very like very comforting books. Oh, um, and yeah, so you basically you go all the way until she gets like married and has a daughter i think and then it stops ah it's really good anyway so you're gonna say okay so like a lot of the books that i mentioned especially um i don't know like the boxcar children or bailey's school kids or little house on the prairie i didn't get them from a bookstore like barnes and noble Mm -hmm. so (laughs) in the philippines there is literally there used to be only one like big bookstore. It was called National Bookstore. <laughs> so original. But that was the only chain of bookstores in our hometown. And the only other choice if you wanted to get books was this used bookstore called Book Sale. <laughs> also very original. But um so the, the book sale was really sketch now looking back because they these books were clearly donated, <laughs> but we had to pay for them. Um, and so I would like go through their their like bookshelves and everything and pick out books that I liked. But there was no guarantee that I could complete a set or like have things in the right order. And so when I read the Little House on the Prairie books, I think the first book I read was it wasn't Little House in the Big Woods. It was that story where it wasn't even about Laura. It was about Armando. Almanzo. Oh, Almanzo, yeah. Oh, uh, Farmer Boy. Farmer Boy. With the potato that explodes. Yes. And his whole, like, I can get the, sh- the fleece up in the up in the loft before you shoot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And then after that, it was on the shores of... Plum Creek. Plum Creek, yeah. So I would <laughs> get the these books out of order. And I remember... Re- I would open them and I'd be so confused. I was like, what happened? 
How did they get here? You know my favorite one? My favorite thing about, maybe not my favorite thing about that book, but the thing that cracks me up is the way they just like suddenly drop on you that Mary is blind. Like if I remember correctly, maybe I missed a book somehow, but if I, it was no, like- she, she, There was a book where she got, she contracted the fever yes. and, and she became blind. But I was going to talk about that too, because I just opened up this book and it said that Mary is blind. I was like, what happened? Yes. Like, I think, I think somehow I like skipped a book and got ahead and like read this. And I was like, why is Mary blind? <laughs> oh, and then there's also suddenly like a random fourth sister at some point. Oh, yes. It's Carrier like that, or something? Yeah, it's like that came out of nowhere. So you could say that I grew up with these books just because I couldn't find them anywhere in book sale. See, we didn't usually buy books new. Um, it was always like, yeah, thrift stores. I didn't even buy them for myself for a long time. It was just like my family's sort of personal library. Yeah. Um, so it was books, like, not bookstores. We never went to use bookstores, like thrift stores or like garage sales. And then we went to the library a lot. Like I would go to the library and get a stack of like 11 books and take it home and be back a week later. Really? Yeah. See, I, there was really no library kind of culture in the Philippines. That makes sense considering how we are now that you always buy books and I'm always like, Catherine, just get it from the library. <laughs> well, I like owning my books. See, I think for These me sometimes- books. For me, it's often like, do I want to commit to a book if I don't know I'm going to enjoy it? And like, obviously, I do still have a problem because I have a lot of books that I have bought that I haven't read. But it's, I like the idea of libraries and like free access to knowledge. And also, I like just free things in general. <laughs> so, and like, if I like it, I can always go and buy it later. That's true. It's true. I think I've done that before where I've like, I've read a book, didn't, a book and enjoyed it. And then I like found it used later for a good price. And I was like, yeah, I'll buy it. I do like a good used bookstore. That's true, yeah. yeah. Okay, so there were the books we read as children, the books we read as teens, but like obviously we don't really read quite that same type of book anymore. Like I think we both read yeah. books that are more written for adults. Oh, for sure. For the yeah. most part. Um, and so I'm curious, like how did you transition from the books you read in your teens to the books you read now? Well, I think in the beginning, it was just from embarrassment <laughs> i didn't want to be seen outside well, i was if i'm a college-aged kid i don't want to be reading bailey school kids <laughs> or aragon or um meg cabot the princess diaries <laughs> so there was i feel like there was a little transition in my life where i was thinking okay you can't be reading this books these books in public embarrassing we got to get it together what about you interesting so for me i don't know if it was so much like embarrassment about what i was reading in public but it was i think embarrassment over how many things i had not read that seemed like things you ought to read um mm. and so i'm seeing if i can find it now but i found a list online of like a hundred books that everyone ought to read oh i've uh, oh I've yes been there girl. i have it here um and so because of this, I like made it my mission. It wasn't a hundred books. It was 20 books. <laughs> um, I made it my mission to like read all of these books that I hadn't read. Um, and so like I went and I bought, I bought a lot of them used and then I started trying to work my way through them. And like I did for the most part enjoy a lot of these, like Slaughterhouse Five. Oh, great book. Yeah. Great book. And also like it was, 
I feel like that was an, a good transition from like something that was a little like from my teen books to something that was a little more serious. Yes. And like some of these were hard for me. Or Brave New World. That was kind of depressing at the end. <laughs> it's kind of depressing all throughout. Uh. Um, but, and then some of them were like the type of books that most people read in high school, but I didn't because of my um, like Christian ACE high school experience. <laughs> Uh, like The Great Gatsby and The Catcher in the Rye. I was working through my list, and I have not read all of them. Like, I never read The Brothers Karamazov. Oh, I have that book. Phil gave that to me. Yeah, or Crime and Punishment. I think I started Crime and Punishment. No, I started In Cold Blood. I think I also started Crime and Punishment. And I couldn't agree to this. Ricks. Yeah. I, I actually bought The Handmaid's Tale now, and I need to read that one. It's on my list. Interesting. Um... That was I read Patch Twenty Two because of that, and I like it, it. Took me a bit to get through it. Like I had to force myself to read it sometimes. Mm-hmm. That was very entertaining. I do still read sometimes some books that are a little bit more juvenile, juvenile. Um, but yeah, nice. Definitely more like at the age range. I read from my age range a little better. I've definitely started reading a lot more classics, um, just because I think it's important. Mm-hmm. If I'm a reader, I should read classics, right? Yes. So, our last thing you want to talk about. Yes. So, I have a question for you, Catherine. Okay. Is reading a personality trait? No. Yes, I agree. And if you base your whole persona on you reading books, that's kind of cringe. Yes. Also, I'm realizing... <laughs> We probably sound like such hypocrites right now. Because <laughs> we literally started a podcast all about reading. And, like, I have a whole Instagram page all about reading. Hippos. Um, hippos. But, like, the truth is... I mean, that's just one thing that we do. It's one thing that we do. And we have, like, robust, complex li- complex lives outside of the books we read. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the things we do that's the easiest to talk about. It, it's um, a hobby. Yeah. Right. And there was a time in my life where I was a bit of a, like, ooh, reading is my personality trait girl. Um, I think every girl who reads I goes think, through that. I Yeah. Oh, I have this Pinterest board um, <laughs> from when I was, like, 15. And I called it Too True because these are all the, like, the things that I relate to. Um, oh, dear. I should make, now that I think about it, I need to make my Pinterest private because... <laughs> yikers but like i would share these pictures of like someone holding a bunch of ya books like divergent and paper towns oh john green's books i read in my teens too oh yeah they were all like anyway i feel like i've read or a fair amount looking for alaska um paper towns definitely yeah um obviously the classic the fault in our stars Stars. yeah and then i also read an abundance of catherine's yeah. And he also, he wrote this book that was like a three, like three stories of someone else. Um, and I read that and I bought Will Grayson, Will Grayson and started to read it and did not enjoy it. And you uh-huh. Bill Spider. You know what book series that I'm quite embarrassed that I've read a lot of? What? Well, it's not a book series. It's just books by this author. My man, Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> I read a couple Nicholas Sparks, but anyway, I need to read you okay. these pins that I shared, okay? Um, so one was like the stack of books, the little thing on top that says, I have lived a thousand lives. Um, there was 
having too many books is not a problem. Not having enough shelving, that's a problem. Uh, um, guys that read are attractive. <laughs> I tried everything to get to sleep last night. Well, everything except closing the book and putting it on the nightstand. Let's not get too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nerd girl problem number 250 being so absorbed in a book you don't hear people calling your name that literally never happened to me i don't no. know why i share that on my two true board no there was i think one of these that was actually accurate to my life and actually still is but even that is kind of cringy and it's if you ask me what book i'm reading i either go into a long-winded and enthusiastic summary of the entire thing or just lift the book to show you the title and keep reading which is like pretty valid but it's it's different. Like I'm just really bad at giving summaries of books. Like I either have to tell you the whole plot or I tell you absolutely nothing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there was a time where reading was my personality trait, and yeah. I don't think it is anymore. I mean, I definitely. I mean, we've been through this yeah. in episode one, where I, <laughs> I would read. I would <laughs> read a book while walking down the hallway. That was pretty cringe. Yes. Oh my word. Or, um, anytime, you know, someone asked me about my hobbies, I would just be like, oh, I just love reading. Like, reading is my thing. Um, and also, I don't know, this is, no, this is such a, no, I don't want to be a hippo. Because I used to make a really big point about using big words in school. Well, then you shot away from big words, and then you met me, and now you're back into big words again. <laughs> I know. I do love some big words. My thing is that, like, when I truly understand what a big word means in a way that I feel like I can use it, then I love to use it. Like, the word cogitate, I figured out the other day. Not the cogitate. other day. It was, like, two months ago that I learned the word cogitate. Love that word. Pedantic? Sorry. <laughs> I just, like, spat on you. <laughs> you just spat in my face. This is the real authentic podcasting <laughs> experience, okay? Pedantic. I couldn't have spat on your face in the last episode. Anyway, like the word pedantic, I really love. Um, but yeah. I also love that I've kind of ruined the way you talk. You have? It's true. So instead of very, I just say V. So I am V excited and um yeah <laughs> it is hilarious i do say quite a lot i also really made funny i am quite pleased i really made fun of you for saying i should like to do this or i should like to do that and now yes. i do it all the time too i'm like i should like to, to have some ice cream right now it is an awesome way to say things also we Okay, so anytime somebody says something that's not ideal, yikes. Y yikers. Yikers. <laughs> I've really been doing the yikers lately. I know. You got that from me. Yes, I did. Okay, so um, what were we talking about? We were talking about how like we used to have reading as a personality trait, and then we were like, yeah, reading isn't a personality trait anymore. But like, literally, a lot of the content we're putting into the outside world right now is about reading. But we should mention what some of the other things about us are. We have like our main. Actually, no, that's number. What are you talking about? Now? I don't. I don't. I was gonna say something, and then I realized that's literally not even true. So let's just forget that I started talking. <laughs> um. Okay. So the the obvious thing for both of us, I would say, is math. 
Yes. Because that's what we both study. We love math. Um, in May, we'll both have master's degrees in math. Well, yeah, I've already got my master's degree yeah, but since in May, last I'll have semester. One too. <laughs> yeah, so, um, oh, to be clear, I graduated with a master's in math last year. Yeah. And now I'm working as a data scientist in D.C. And I am still working on my master's in math, but I should hopefully have it by mid-May. Yeah, but I do love math. You know what? E- what is equally cringe? What? It's people who think math is a personality trait. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we might be a... What is the word? A decent... Some of our following comes from our math department. So we should probably be careful what we say here. Well, I'm not even talking about them. Oh, okay. I'm talking about undergrad behavior. Oh, yes. That undergrad behavior. Like, are you pro or anti-derivative? Oh, cringe. Also, let me be the first to say that as a math undergrad, I knew nothing oh, about 100%. math. Like, I knew just enough to dazzle non-math majors. Let me talk about the different levels of infinity. Did you know there's countable and uncountable infinity or like let me talk about the banach uh tarski paradox or like let me draw this integral that has a circle in the middle and it really freaks people out uh-huh. let me talk to you about the power set <laughs> <laughs> let me talk to you about truth tables <laughs> let me talk to you about the Cantor set <laughs> let me talk to you about de morgan's laws Okay, like 90% of the people who are listening do not get this. We should stop this bit. <laughs> we really should stop this bit. But just know that this is hilarious. <laughs> it is so funny. <laughs> that everyone who studies math and listens to this, they're going to think this is hilarious. They better. <laughs> but yeah, like as a math undergrad, you know so little, but you think you know so much. Or like, you know so much. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and like now... The, like, math jokes that I found funny, I'm, like... Bad. Yeah. Bad math jokes. Bad math jokes. I don't like a math joke in general. Sometimes, like, you get a good one. And it fits well. Yeah. But it is a rare occasion. <laughs> so, yeah, math is one of, the, one of the many things we're into. Yes. What else are we into? <laughs> so, I like to do a lot of, like... I like to sew and make bread. Um, Tomato... Basil. basil and also garlic rosemary bread. I wrote a whole essay one time that was about being a woman in bread making, and that's really <laughs> it. Um, and I skateboard sometimes, not as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. What about you? What about me? Yeah. What are What are you? Who are you besides a reader and a mathematician? Ah, I like art. I like making art. Um watercolor i like swimming (laughs) is this exciting i have no idea uh but i do know how to snorkel and scuba dive what else do i like to do i feel like i do have a lot yes going on i feel like you are a very i feel like both of us are complex human beings and yet when i try to find the words to describe like who we are but, like, here's the thing. is so I'm th- trying to describe who I am. I don't think of, like, a person who likes to read as high up on the list. No. Like, often I first thing, I don't, big old dumb idiot. Yes, I don't think of my hobbies as, like, they, they're not major contributing factors to my personality. Yeah. They're hobbies. So what do you feel like are the major cont- contributing factors to your personality? 
Um, you know what? I'm not sure. What do you think it is? See, here's what this is feeling like. This is feeling like um, every time you start a new class and they're like, let's do an icebreaker activity or like something, just stand up and say like your name and your major and something interesting about yourself. And you suddenly realize like, I am the most boring person in the history of existence. I have nothing interesting to say about myself that isn't too pretentious. Because it's like, if you want to say something actually interesting, it feels pretentious. And if you say something boring, that's just boring. And like, I never found the fact that was like a good in between. And I hated those. Cause suddenly I was like, who even am I? <laughs> I always went with, I hate chocolate because oh. that is a crowd pleaser. It's not a crowd pleaser in like, Ooh, wow. It's more of you hate chocolate. Very. Uh, if you want some audience participation, say that you hate chocolate. I like that. Yeah. I, for a while I went with, I drove a tractor or like, especially when it was like coming back after the summer, yes. I would talk about like driving a tractor. Yes. Cause that was, that was often a crowd pleaser. Yes. Wait, I don't know about like contributing factors to the personality, but both of us have kind of formulated this theory about facts. Yes. Like facts about people. So a fact of about a person is one of three things. It either checks out, mm-hmm. it either explains some explains that person, or it adds dimension to that person. Yes. So for example, um, when I'm like walking around campus, I tend to embody the kind of um homemaker bread baker uh book reader sort of five yeah those are all facts that check out those are all facts that check out about me like that i like to sew that i like to bake um you know those yeah very much check out the thing that adds dimension is that i like to skateboard yes what about something that explains something that explains me is that i'm the youngest sibling yes yeah okay well, similar to that, something that explains me is me is I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. Something that checks out. I don't know. I feel like a lot of things. <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, Something that checks out about you. Well, the whole like you reading a book as you walk down the hallway as a kid. That oh, yeah. checks out. That pretty much, yeah, that does check out. And then adding adds dimension to me. Well, what added dimension that I found out about you is that you really like to read philosophy. Oh, because, yeah. like, you're not the type of person to want people to think you're smart. Like, you'll act really stupid sometimes just because <laughs> you enjoy it. I do enjoy Okay, there are a limited number of situations where you need to be intellectual. Oh, 100% agree. Like, if I'm in the grad in the grad student office just kicking back and talking to my friends there is no need to show off or talk about math in a i know math kind of way literally there is no need there's literally these people are idiots just like you there is no need to show off in any other con- like in- so anyway Ooh, b- burns my biscuit i tell you so that's why that like adds a dimension because I did not realize you were a, a philosophical person. I mean, now it makes sense because I know you, but like that was a dimension adder. Yes. Wow. We are chatting away. We really are chatting away. We I, I don't even know. I haven't thought like, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but it seems like we've paused less and we definitely made less mistakes. <laughs> we've definitely paused less because... I don't know. Because <laughs> we're in person. We have so much to say. 
<laughs> we were in person. Okay, that was a big Okay, let's wrap uh, this thing up. All right. This, this has been, been Idiot's Alphabet Soup. Thank you for listening. Baboosh! Baboosh.